This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Labine. Only on the BetQL Network. All right, folks. Officially 2-0 as a professional MMA fighter. Fighting and getting the submission W in the first round by Rear Naked Choke this past weekend. Please welcome Ian Austin. Ian, my man, great to talk to you again. Jake, I am glad we are meeting again under the best possible circumstances, my friend. <laughs> hey, man, I would have met with you if you had two black eyes and a broken jaw. But yes, very glad it's under these circumstances. Would have been a quiet interview if that was the case, but yeah, a little bit quiet. Um, so yeah, dude, like I said, congrats, man. Got the first round submission at Cage Fury 112. Uh, We'll talk about the fight plenty, but how you feeling right now? I mean, you only fought for four minutes. I assume recovery is pretty cake. Yeah, I mean, uh, anytime you fight, no matter what, I always come out the other end feeling like I got hit by a truck. So I'm, I'm still pretty tired now. And, and the, the day after, so, you know, you, after a fight, you go out and drink with your friends and your family. Um, I got in at like 3.30 in the morning. I was in bed by four. And then I popped right back up at nine because I had to get ready and go down to, to stellar fights in Delaware. Because one of my teammates, my main training partner, Ken Purvis, he was fighting uh, his second amateur fight down in Delaware. So, you know, I immediately had to uh, <laughs> run out and make it another late night. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I've been sleeping in all week, kind of eating whatever. Um, and then I'm back to the gym on Monday, back on my uh, back on my bullshit, as they say. Yeah, man. Crazy, crazy stuff, dude. Uh, and I mean, like I said, you only fought four minutes, but you had a whole training camp before that. So for whatever reason, our brains say, hey, I don't feel this camp. I don't feel this until the day after the fight. Then you're just like, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, glad, glad you didn't have to go in there all 15 and you could get it done a little easier and start recovery sooner. Um, but yeah, man, you seem in great spirits. You're smiling. You're glowing. Happy to see it. Um, before we talk about the fight itself, why don't you just tell me a little bit about that night at 2300? Like I wasn't able to make it. Unfortunately, I watched it on TV. Seemed like it was bumping. Crowd was involved. Every fight was awesome. What was it like being there? Dude, it was, uh, it was packed. Yeah. It was like, that was, the, I've been fighting at the 2300 since I started fighting MMA in 2018. Um, when I made my amateur debut and that place is, I, I have never seen it that full of people. Cause you had, you had me, you had uh, a couple of the Dante Rivera guys like uh, Jerry Leshy and uh, Luke Fern, mm -hmm. you know, those guys sell tickets. I always sell at least a hundred tickets um eric nolan he moves a lot of tickets fucking um riley palmer one of my teammates that dude packs the house you know so that was the most packed i've ever seen the 2300 and i'll tell you bro it was fucking hot it was hot in there yeah um when we talk about the fight i'll talk a little bit about how that felt in the cage but when i say you 
I had people tell me afterwards, they were like, if you looked up at the lights, you could see the humidity rising in the air. Damn, man. I mean, it's been hot in Philly too. So I'm sure it gets, yeah, it's like an old brutal, warehouse, man. you know? Yeah, it was, it was brutal, man. But you know, it was, uh, the energy was crazy. Everybody was having a great time. It was all banger fights, lots of finishes, lots of wars. So I'm just happy to have been able to put on a show just like the rest of everyone else. And I believe you were the only Henzo Gracie guy on the card, right? No. So we had, um, technically Riley Palmer is affiliated. Uh, he's at team Taino martial arts. Um, and Eddie Torres is obviously a Daniel Gracie guy. Right. Right. Riley will come in and work with the the regular, uh, Henzo Gracie guys, um, as well. And Manny Morales, who, even though it didn't go his way, put on a great show. He's a, he's a friend of mine and he's a, he's a, that kid's a stud. He'll be back even better than before, but yeah, it was us three on there. That's why I love CFFC, man. Like, there's so many young, talented fighters. Like, it's it's an awesome, awesome promotion. Um, so I know I just mentioned Daniel Gracie, and you mentioned the heat inside of 2300. Is it true that you guys at Daniel Gracie trained in like 95 degree, like just turn off the AC in there? Yeah, I mean, so I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, before we were in the new facility here at Globe. Globe Dye Works on Torsdale, um, which is also where I work coincidentally. Uh, we were either on American Street in North Philly in the basement, or we were at Coach John Marquez's old EEFC, Extreme Evolution Fight Camp location on Kensington and Frankfurt. Yeah. And so that, that Kensington and Frankfurt location was a little loft in North Philly. And when I tell you that when we closed the windows, and the heat rose in the summer in that place. It was 100 degrees plus. It was 100 degrees plus. Coach John, that's a bad dude, and he does not believe in air conditioning when we're training. You know what I mean? So it gets, it gets fucking hot in the, in the uh, uh, Globe Dye Works building as well. Yeah, we'll hit like 98 degrees, 97 degrees. I think Sean Brady posted on his story a couple yep. of days ago. Yeah, I figured that's what you were talking about. But, yeah, no, we – it gets hot in there, man. And I'm glad that it does because otherwise I don't know what I'd have done when I hit that cage. Cause it was a hot, hot night in the 2300. Yeah. Our, our wrestling coach back in middle school, our gym wasn't, or our, we used to train in the cafeteria of all places and it wasn't yeah. air conditioned or heated. So he used to just let it rock like during practice. And that's what they say, man. They say like training in that kind of condition helps you when you're in a perfect condition. So Yes, sir. I agree. I, and I think it's important. I think it, uh, it adds to our training. You know what I mean? I, obviously at the time I'm like, God damn it, it's fucking hot right now. Yeah. But after the fact, I'm like, first of all, you feel light. I mean, uh, you lose like seven pounds training in there just in water weight, but, yeah. uh, and it's also, you know, it's, it, it just is incredible for your endurance. You know what I mean? Like there's just nothing like it. Yeah, man. I mean, other than like altitude, they say training in heat's the best way to increase your cardio and endurance. So looks like coach John Marquez knows what he's doing. Um, so let's talk about you and your fight now and the performance. I said it like before, I'll say it again, four minutes and five seconds, first round submitted Marcus Leach by rear naked choke. Give me a little play by play from your eyes. You know, I don't have the video in front of me or you, but how'd it go down, man? Yeah. So, I mean, we came out at the whole camp, we knew he was more of like a boxer striker kind of deal. You know, we knew, uh, we found out actually two weeks before the fight, cause there really wasn't, um, much footage on Marcus going into the fight. Like we like to do tape study just to get an idea of how this person moves, how they're going to fight. Obviously a lot of athletes do. Um, 
but we found out two weeks before because we found his Instagram that he was a southpaw. So that completely changed mm. our game plan up. Um, so, you know, Justin Burke, Diamond Striking, who is one of my main striking coaches, you know, we do a lot of work together. We came up with a whole new game plan in that last two, three weeks to prepare for a southpaw because I think I've fought one other southpaw maybe in my career. Um, and they can be a little tricky to deal with if you don't know to cut to the outside of that lead foot and uh, you let them set up their cross. So we knew he was a big guy. We knew he was going to have a lot of power in those hands. So the main thing we wanted to do was kind of get in his face right off the grip. Um, there were two outcomes, two scenarios that we prepared for. Either Marcus would come out and try to stand and, and, and outstrike me, which, um, you know, I don't think is wise. Uh, but if you have a lot of confidence in your striking, then obviously that's always an option, especially as a southpaw. You can be tricky for an orthodox guy. I think I have probably the best striking in on when it comes to above 200 pounds, I think easily on the East coast, I'm like top three, you know what I mean? I think I have the hand speed. I think I have the technique um, and the background and experience, but I, it was either going to be that, or it was going to be that he would try to use his weight and tie me up right off the grip. Those were the two scenarios we knew were going to happen. And we were trying to mitigate both with lots of movement, lots of uh, pressure uh, striking. Um, and it just so happened that it happened to be the, the, the second outcome was his game plan. You know what I mean? We exchanged as we came out, we touched gloves. I kicked his leg a few times and boom, right off the grip, he tries to put me on the cage. And so I was like, okay, now I'm going to feel how strong this 200, you know, he was 264 at weigh-ins. I saw him drinking a lot of water after weigh-ins. So he was probably like 70, 275, oh, yeah. especially if he ate a meal. Um, big boy, big boy. And I was 232 at weigh-ins with a meal in my stomach. So realistically, if I didn't eat, I was probably like 229. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I felt his strength on the wall. And my main coach, who I've been with it for 11 years, Julio Rosario from Semper Fimex Martial Arts Academy, where I, where I teach, we have like a good connection and we communicate really well in that cage. So as soon as we hit the cage wall, I looked to him and I felt his strength and I knew I was as strong or athletic enough to mitigate that. And he was giving me really, really strong direction how to get off the wall. And as soon as I turned him and was controlling him on the wall, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in good shape right now. Anywhere this goes, um, I'm fine. So, you know, we would get on the wall. I would turn him, right. He would tie me up. I would turn him. And then I gave him a couple good hard elbows, some good knees, um, and then we would come back to the center. And that was kind of the meta for the whole fight was I would sort of reverse him on the wall, short, dirty box him, and then we would get back to the center and exchange a little bit. There was a, some confusion with an eye poke in the middle, but eventually we ended up on the wall. Um, I softened him with like a big elbow. And then in the last minute and a half of the round, I hit him with this, this sort of judo trip that I've been working with my training partners. The funny part about that trip is I actually had never hit it off until like two weeks before the fight. Really? Yeah. And I've been working a lot with this guy, Chauncey, who's a great athlete, 275, 6'4", used to be a college football player. And I hit it off on him and I just kind of put it in the back of my head, like, okay, if we end up on the wall, maybe I can use this. And he went over really easy. I sort of tapped that leg with my leg as I moved him with the body lock, the high body lock, and he went right over. And so I mounted. Um... And by that point, I could tell he was a little tired, or actually oh, yeah. really tired. He was, he was kind stressed of stressed too. Yeah, he was heaving. And so uh, I started, so, like, I hit him with a couple of punches from Mount, and he turned right over and um, got the hooks in. And there was a pipe cutter there. My wrist was, you know, it was like uh, automatic. My wrist went right under his chin, and we locked it in, and that was the end. 
Yeah, he uh I think it was the big elbow he hit against the cage. I think that was the point in the fight. Everything he did afterwards, he was like, Oh crap. I'm yeah. not, I'm not this guy's level. And it was it was apparent you capitalized on it. You know, I'll give Marcus one thing. You know, he a nice guy. I always try to maintain at least a sportsman-like relationship with the guys I fight. You know what I mean? No hard feelings at all um, in any capacity. It's a sport. Um, for 38 years old, you know what I mean? Coming into an enemy town, he, he handled the loss like a real gentleman. Um, you know, we got a drink afterwards. I bought him a vodka cranberry and we awesome. chatted a little bit. Uh, we talked about maybe linking up for some some training down, uh, down south where he lives but the one thing about heavyweights i've found is that unless they're from like a really high level camp or it's their background they don't have a lot of jujitsu especially jujitsu defense you know so actually in the back um i remember thinking if i can get my hooks in and take his back it'll be it's a done deal so um it just happened to go there i guess that's where my head was well congrats man look great um shouts to marcus leach sounds like a great opponent and competitor the picture you posted on Instagram, man. It's hard, man. It goes Kill. hard. Feel Wait, free I got, to so, oh, I, I, I already screenshot it and reshared it. But uh, <laughs> so he did tap, correct? Or did he go out? Because I thought he tapped and then he was kind of just like, all right, I'm still out. <laughs> I think he was exhausted, honestly. Yeah. I, I think he did tap because I remember while I was working the pipe cutter, I saw his hand coming up like that to like hit the tap. And so yeah. I was trying to get the angle on the on the neck crank just right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess after I tapped him, it was just you have 230 pounds of man on your back uh, and you've just been fighting for four minutes. So yeah. he was he was he was done at the end. Well, made for a sick picture, dude. So cold. Yes, um, also, uh, other than your win and the highlight submission finish and the great Instagram picture, you had another great moment uh, and it was post fight right into the camera. I believe and I quote, I believe you said I felt like shit tonight but I beat his ass. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds had, like me. Had yeah. John Morgan cracking up, had me cracking up. It was such a good, it, the timing was amazing. I, it, it, the thing is too, I did actually feel like shit in the yeah. back. I, I woke up kind of under the weather that day, um, but I had done a lot, of, uh, a lot of thinking and a lot of meditating and a lot of praying and during the week. And I was like, you know what? On my worst day, I'm still better than, my competition you know what i mean but in the back i remember thinking damn my legs feel heavy um i'm sort of congested i was coughing a little bit you know what i mean like i, I didn't know what was going on with me um but you know i thought maybe i maybe i overtrained i wasn't sure so i feel good now but at the time i was definitely feeling kind of fatigued and um you know i was glad that the fight ended as quickly as it did because at the end of that round, I never gassed that quick, but I was feeling gassed. Yeah. You, yeah. You said it was hot and that might have something to do with it. Um, but that's yeah. So are, you said you're back in the gym Monday. Did that mean you were back in the gym two days ago or this coming Monday? This coming Monday. So I, I promised Justin Burke from NPR, Diamond Striking, my striking coach. He said, take two weeks off. And I said, look, I'll compromise with you. I'll take one week off. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Take, <laughs> I, take a week I, off I and enjoy it, man. I can't stay out for that long, but one week I can do. Well, you, you deserve it, man. You deserve to sit on the couch, drink some beers and, and lay out. Um, so when you get back to training, I know it's fresh off the win. What's next? Any idea? Are you still with CFFC? Yeah. So I'm locked in with a, with a four fight deal. I, I think that's, I don't think that's confidential. If it is, 
we can edit it out afterwards. You let me but, know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but you know, I still got two fights left and, um, I love CFFC. They've done right by me so far. Um, they put on a great show and honestly, I'm, I'm eyeing up that. I, I said it before in my, in one of my other interviews, I think with my MMA news, I said, December 10th is what I'm looking at right now. They have a card in Atlantic city at the hard rock. I would love to be high up on the card there. You know, I think I, I would pack the house and I think, um, you know, I, if I want to get lofty, I would say, give me a co-main slot. You know what I mean? Make me, give me that contender shot because I want that fucking belt dog, uh, bad. You know what I mean? I had that amateur belt. I think that, uh, I think I'm one of the baddest heavyweights in the country, let alone the region. So I, I want that gold around my waist. I like the feeling of it. Love it, man. I agree fully. And uh, you got my ticket, my fiance's ticket, and like 10 of my buddy's tickets if you get that co-main slot, CFFC. Let's go, baby. Man, sells We're out. But uh, Ian, what do, I got? <laughs> what do I got left for you here? I got one more question, but I lost my track. So give me one second. Um, okay, cool. So talked about your fight, talked about the big win. You mentioned to me you had to sneak out while you were at work here into a uh, staircase or something to do this interview. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What do you do for a living, man? Because crazy to think that you work all day, go train all day, and then fight on the weekends. What a life. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I make it work. You know what I mean? I, I have a couple of gigs that I do. Um, you know, I teach at Semper Fi Mixed Martial Arts Academy, and I make a little money doing that. Um, my home gym, that's where I started. Uh, and I teach Muay Thai kickboxing, occasionally jujitsu. Um, but I also work here at Globe Dye Works for, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Fuel Hunt, the company, the apparel company. They do um, Sean Brady. They do Sean yes. Brady and Crystal shirts and they, they make rash guards and fight shorts. And, you know, um, I know one of the owners, his, uh, or I knew him like well before I, you know, really started working here. His name is Drew Beach. Um, and he trained at Semper Fi Mixed Martial Arts Academy. And I remember I was working an office job. I was working two jobs at the time and I hated my office job. It was all data intake. And I was like, God, I hate that job. I really want to quit. I have to wear dress pants. And he was like, I'll give you a job at the warehouse. And I was like, sold, you know what Easy. I mean? So, uh, I work like part-time here, um, you know, bringing in orders, counting, sorting, folding shirts, uh, that kind of stuff, sending out orders and then teach. And then I also do private lessons on the side. Um, you know, so just as a little plug, any viewers who are looking for private MMA lessons, <laughs> hit me up. Um, but, you know, I make it work. No, man, that's great. And I'm glad you're spreading your knowledge and love to, like, I'm not sure if you coach the youth, but even just people in general who you coach, man, it's an honor to have 
a two and O professional fighter as a coach, man. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I, I love teaching as much as I love fighting. Uh, so there's a gym that just opened up like three minutes from my house, which is weird because I'm in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Um, but it's called Droog's MMA. Have you heard about okay. that at all? No, I haven't. It's like AJ Disiani or whatever. But uh, anyways, I'm, I'm starting up there soon. So I'll let you know. Maybe you can come Good, in man. Yeah. mess around, beat me up a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll take the drive out. You just let me know when. Hell yeah, dude. Um, but yeah, man, 2-0. Ian Austin got it done. Rear naked choke. Before you go 3-0, you know we'll do it again. Yes, sir. You already know. Yes, First sir. man on my list. Appreciate it, dude. Appreciate it. I, I, I like that you like me more than you like Hawani, Brett Akimoto. You know, it means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there someday, too, and I'll have you on my ESPN show. Promise. Yes. Yes, sir. I look forward to materialize that, my friend. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Alston, 2-0, going to be 3-0 and before you know it come December. Thank you so much for the time and the interview, my man. Kick ass, of dude. Course.